0: how to Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com fine. Visit IXL.com fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com fine.
1: Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Hey, Buy the Book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know
0: that you can receive a weekly Buy the Book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show Hey, Jalenta.
2: Yes, Kristen.
0: It has been one week since we lived by the honest life. And you know what that means.
2: Honestly, it is time for another by the book mini episode.
0: That's right. It's time for another buy the epilogue. This week, we're looking at the aftermath of living by The Honest Life. Living Naturally and True to You by Jessica Alba. So, Jalentia, shall we start off with some feedback from folks who've read The Honest Life?
2: Uh, yes. I think that is a very good place to start. You know, with the source material. Yes. Emma has this to say... I read The Honest Life a few years ago when I was first dabbling with efforts to be more eco-friendly. I like that Jessica Alba was very non-judgmental and admitted that she also wasn't perfect. I think if I'd read a more hardcore eco-guide, I would have felt it was impossible. But thanks to her, I made some changes. Not big, earth-shattering ones, but I do try to use more earth-friendly cleaners and consume less plastic than I used to.
0: Oh, that makes me happy to hear. Mm -hmm. I mean— the way I feel about it, anything that makes us cut down on plastic usage and be a little kinder to the earth, uh, you know, that that is a good verdict. So Emma, Agreed. we're really glad it worked for you.
2: But not everyone thinks that the advice Jessica Alba offers makes that much sense, Kristen.
0: Yeah, Marley had this to say. I try to live with as little environmental impact as I can. However, I have some issues with instructions like those given by Jessica Alba and the Clean Living Movement. I hate the tactic of don't use products with ingredients you can't pronounce. If you break down anything into basic chemical ingredients, because say it with me, everything is a chemical, most people can't pronounce them, and it's absolutely a fear-mongering technique. When common-named ingredients are put on ingredient lists, it leaves room for ambiguity, and it doesn't mean that it's actually cleaner than an ingredient listed by the chemical name, I find that the clean living movement has caused a mistrust of science in an incredibly dangerous way. In an attempt to be natural and stay away from chemicals, people are doing things that are actually dangerous, like ingesting essential oils instead of seeing a doctor, or taking actual medicine or getting vaccines.
2: That pronunciation as a hard and fast rule is not a good one because I always thought like more of a chemical name was listed on the back of bottles, like, for specificity. So you could see, like, which way this natural plant product was broken down and then put into your, you know, thing you're eating or putting on your face. So, yeah, it gets messy.
0: Yeah. There's this thing I'm ingesting right now, Gelente, called hydrogen-hydrogen-oxygen, H2O.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, that is a chemical. Wait, <laughs> it's water, you <laughs> silly. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's what it is, right? Or, or is that an element? Whatever it is, it sounds like it might not be pronounceable if you're not used to those words, right? Right, right, right. And also, yes, to the suspicion of uh, science. Like, yeah, I agree with that. Anything mm-hmm. that leads people to be overly suspicious of science, mm, folks, don't be suspicious of science. Jolint and I are both so happy we're vaccinated and we're so
2: happy we have access to medicine. Agreed. Um, Kay writes in to say, I have an issue with cruelty-free branding. It is a gimmick. I have done animal research and have worked in lab animal care, and I can say confidently that it is so hypocritical to demand product safety and then turn around and also demand products not be tested on animals. How do you think products are tested for safety? Products that aren't tested on animals directly use ingredients known to be safe from, you guessed it, Previous animal testing. Personally, I think this is a huge dishonor to the animals that did contribute to our knowledge of the safety of these ingredients. I have to say, uh, I have a dear friend who works in medical research, and she very much shares this opinion that it's sort of sweeping uh, like, the service under the rug and, like, blissful ignorance about, like, it's cruelty-free because, like, other people look cruel. Yay! So, yeah, it is a chicken-egg situation, not to make light of animals, but, like, it's a tough yeah. one. It's a yeah. fucking tough one because we yeah. all want animals to be treated well, but we all want to make sure we're doing safe things and we don't want to test on us. Aye, aye, aye. Yes.
0: Yeah, Jolanta, you're absolutely right. I don't think any of us want animals to be treated with cruelty in any way, but we've all benefited from animal testing. And it, it, it sucks that animals have been tested on, but it also is like, yeah, erasing it like Kay said, and then putting a label on your package that implies no animals were ever tested on for your product. It, it's, it's not true because animals were previously, whether it was two years ago or 10 years ago or 50 years ago, they were tested on so that we know that that chemical can go on your eyelid or whatnot.
2: Yeah. We rely on it more than we think.
0: Now, some of you take issue not just with Jessica Alba's philosophy, but her company itself. For example, Jory says, I just hate the name Honest Company. When I hear a name like that, it makes me wonder what kinds of heinous shit they are hiding.
2: I have to agree. (laughs) I always—just when when a company has, like, a hard, strong name, I always just start wondering about the opposite. You know what I mean? It's just what what a lot of our minds do. Krista says, I used to use Honest products with my first baby because of my concern about the chemicals. I like Jessica Alba enough, but in the end I realize she's just the face of a giant corporation hawking their products just like any other company— They even started suing other companies who used the name Honest, claiming that the word was trademarked. For example, they sued the Honest Toddler blog, and the blog is from the point of view of a very sarcastic child. (laughs) The woman who ran the blog had to go to court to defend her livelihood against a huge corporation. I stopped using the Honest company's products at that point.
0: It is strange sometimes what words get trademarked and... What should be trademarked? I mean, uh, years ago, I had a friend who worked for Amazon Books, the first lesbian bookstore in America, right in my hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Right. It was a small indie bookstore that had been there for my entire life. And there was this other company also hmm. named Amazon that you may have heard of. And no. this tiny little indie bookstore got sued.
2: So I aye, aye, aye.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy what words can be trademarked. And um, I can't help but wonder people who live in the Amazon how they feel about this being trademarked this oh. way. <laughs> yeah. Um, same with honest. Yeah. I, I'm guessing mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that might have the word honest in the title.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, at risk of being sued, Kristen, mm-hmm. uh, there are more listeners who wrote in about trying to live in an honest way. We could read their mail, but I'm afraid, like, our use of the word honest has been so liberal. (laughs) Let's just do it anyway. Let's do it anyway. Yes, let's do it. Because a lot of you guys are trying to live more honestly.
0: Yes. Kira says, for me, trying to reduce my dependency on consumerism, single-use, fast fashion is a big home goal. I try to thrift anything I absolutely need to buy and make as many homemade things as I can like all-purpose spray and hand sanitizer. When I do buy something new, I look for high-quality products from companies that are transparent about their materials and their sustainability goals. This is all aspirational. I'm not perfect. I just do my best.
2: I have to say, Kira, I have just started getting into making more of my own uh, like cleaners and such. And I really have tried to look at it from a crafting lens and it really sort of helps motivate me. That's neither here nor there, but it's what helps me sort of push myself selfishly and be like, I'm going to like be a little crafty gal and like craft some like Windex, <laughs> some clean Windex.
0: <laughs> I love that you do that, Jolenta. Unfortunately, some of you wish you could do that and feel bad that you don't do more.
2: It's true. Karen wrote in to say, I try but don't have a lot of oomph to give between caring for a disabled spouse, working a job that hasn't given me a raise in five years, dreaming of the day when I'll have the emotional energy to apply for other jobs, and doing at least the bare minimum to keep the house habitable. I can't afford a lot of time or money on things that may or may not work. I try a cheap homemade option here or there when I'm feeling spunky. But if it doesn't work, I buy something I know will work and get on with it. Karen, I feel like that's what we have to do. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think Brad uh, either identifies with you deeply because he's caring for a disabled spouse or he went undercover and wrote this letter. Because there are times where he'll be doing something for me and I'll be like, you're not going to do it like this five extra step way to maybe be a little cleaner. And he's like, I can't. I have work calling me. And like, that is real. (laughs) Let alone if we had kids.
0: And some of you wanted to point out something that, Jolenta, both you and I are aware of, but we failed to mention in our episode. Specifically, Allie says, Like the two of you, I'm also trying to use more eco-friendly organic and local products. Something that wasn't mentioned in the episode was how expensive these products can be. I live in New York's Hudson Valley, where I have access to local and organic farms, bakeries, breweries, wineries, dairy farms, and yes, Kristen, even pasta makers. However, (laughs) buying these products can get very expensive. Also, buying more eco-friendly products may save money in the long term, but requires a high initial investment. This lifestyle is not feasible for everyone. I'm sure you're both well aware of this, but is the author.
2: Right, that's very true. And we definitely didn't talk about that this much in in this episode. But there are times when I'm like, I'm going to start making all these cleaners. And it does mean I have to buy a few jars or bottles or whatnot. And like, those add up. And I always think like, wow, good thing I have some disposable income, a smidge of it to throw at this. Uh, Because it isn't cheap. Even when you have a wealth of resources or things to purchase, you still have to have money for those resources. And they aren't cheap. Yes.
0: Um, One last thing we want to mention before we get to our first break, a lot of you, lots and lots and lots of you wrote in to say, you just found the whole book suspicious because if Jessica Alba is telling us to live honestly, and has a company that's showing products that she wants us to buy, should we really trust her?
2: Right. Is it just a book-length ad?
0: (laughs) It just might be.
2: Think about that while we take a break.
1: Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way?
0: And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one
2: crispy, So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
1: of a detour.
2: All right, we are back. And we have so many listener comments about The Honest Life by Jessica Alba and now, Kristen, let's hear from some people who have feedback specifically for us. And we have to start with the blaringly obvious your hair, your <laughs> oh fucking hair.
0: Hundreds and hundreds of you wrote in, Ugh. either commenting on the Facebook page, rating us direct uh, letters, DMing us, uh, tweeting us. So many people have thoughts about me going, no poo. Mm hmm.
2: Darcy wrote in to say, oh, Kristen, I sincerely hope that Jessica Alba didn't tell you to issue all hair cleaners in your efforts to be no poo. Cleansers are totally fine when you're no pooing, as long as they don't have sulfates, sulfites, parabens, etc. I personally use a co-wash, which is a conditioning hair cleanser, and it works like a dream.
0: But not all of you agree with Darcy. Jane says, I'm a W.O. no-poo purist. That means water only. And I'm so impressed that Kristen tried to go all in with her no-poo experiment. No judgment here, but most people I know who claim to be no-poo still use cleansers of some sort, like shampoo bars, dry shampoos, non sudsing hair washes, all of which come with packaging waste. As someone who first pursued the no-poo path to be more eco-friendly, I didn't want to swap out one kind of waste for another, and so the water-only method was what I went with. But unlike Kristen, I massage my scalp and hair underwater way more than once a week.
2: And many of you wrote in to say you use home remedies to be low poo or no poo. Debbie says, I've found that it takes a little tweaking to find what works best for your hair and scalp. I have thin, straight hair and an oily scalp, so I add a little bit of whole milk to baking soda and wash my hair with that about every four days or so. Rinsing with lemon juice and water acts like my conditioner. Diluted vinegar works the same way, but you might smell like a pickle. I love pickles. Yeah, Kristen, that would be like a total aphrodisiac for Kristen. You heard the way she just said, I love pickles. Like, that wasn't like, ooh, I love pickles. Like, it was deep.
1: Yes. I love you, Pickles.
2: I love you. (laughs) Um, And I have to say, a lot of you wrote in to say you hate the idea of no-pooing outright. Mary said, the no-poo trend reminds me of what I hate about self-help in general. Some people naturally take to the advice because it jibes with what they wanted to do anyway. The rest of us are miserable trying to follow it. And feel like we're doing it wrong because we feel awful. Honestly, I can't believe there's a trend out there that tells women, it's always women, that by cleaning our hair, we're doing it wrong. (laughs) It depends Uh, on the hair type.
0: Yeah, but everybody's hair type is different even if it looks the same. I mean, Mm -hmm, one mm -hmm. thing I want to point out because a lot of people wrote to me and said, Kristen, you're Asian. Of course, it's not going to work on you. Well, it's a very popular thing to be no poo in Korea. and. My friend Paul, who's also Asian American, is water only no poo. And I mm-hmm. was trying to follow his guidance when I did this. Right, His hair is perfect looking. Mine, not so much. Even though we have the same hair texture and
2: everything. I have many Korean friends who don't have hair as curly as you, Kristen. Yes. Or like as thick. <laughs> or like that are way thicker. Like it doesn't matter. We're all different.
0: Yes. And I also have different skin. And my scalp is made out of skin. So – Maybe True. like my hair texture isn't the whole thing. Maybe it's also like the, you know, oil production or the sebaceous glands on my scalp too that are contributing to whether or not it works for me, right?
2: Don't get me started on those sebaceous glands. As someone (laughs) whose scalp is a lot of scar tissue right now, I have my own battles. (laughs) But let's shut up forever about hair washing.
0: Yes, everybody, just do what works for you. Okay. Yes, (laughs) we love
2: you. We love your hair. We love your hair regimen. We, Kristen, took it too far. I agree. (laughs)
0: Well, other people said I didn't take it far enough. Seriously, Uh, everyone do what they want to do, though. You're right. Do what you want
2: to do. (laughs) Enough about hair washing. Can we please talk about food washing?
0: Yes, yes. I just want to remind everybody in this episode, Jolenta was quite unhappy to find out that Brad does not wash the produce before serving it to Jolenta. And I chimed in to say, Dean doesn't do it either.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jesse wrote in to say, my male partner is very serious about washing produce, so not washing produce seems like a Brad and Dean issue, not a more general dude's issue. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse.
0: <laughs> and Jenny, I'm just going to say, it sounds like a lady name, I could be wrong, but Jenny is pretty much backing up Jesse here by saying, I never wash my produce, but I'm in the UK and the EU's regulations on what chemicals can be used on food are quite tight.
2: Uh, Jamil says, I wash my produce every time because I picture the guy who was in the produce section five minutes before me who didn't wash his hands after using the bathroom touching every apple. I mean, how many times have I had to stop my own eager children from touching every apple? Mm -hmm. That's where I'm coming from. I don't trust us in the near vicinity. I don't even, like, I can't even, like, get my brain wrapped around the chemicals that have probably touched my produce. Like, I also just don't trust, like, the bag Brad put it in that has been in our closet for how long, that who knows what's growing in it.
0: Yeah. Also, remember when we were first starting to mask at the beginning of COVID and those stats came out about, like, the average person touches their face, like, 50 times an hour? It's like, how many gooey things am I touching on my face and then touching produce or somebody else is touching, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Wiping my eyes or scratching my nose or… God knows what's going from my face to the stuff that I'm touching in the grocery store. I want everyone else out there to wash their produce because I might be touching it, not just right. because the gross exactly. dude down there touched it. I touched like, it too. I'm
2: gross. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know how gross I am. Yes. So I can only assume you're half is gross and we should all just rinse a fucking apple. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Let's move on to something a little bit sunnier. Yeah. Oh, Jolenta, listen to you. This is one of those moments when Brad, if we were in private, would say, you've been hanging out with Kristen too long.
0: (laughs) Jolenta, that is your way of saying, though, that we want to talk about sun production. A lot of you wanted to share your own tips on eco-friendly sun protection. For example, Maya says, this is where masks have been so great for me. I can run around looking like a covert celebrity in my hooded SPF, hooded jacket, sunglasses, and mask and be completely covered with no lotion or potion, which I'm mostly allergic to anyway. Yeah, the masks are great. I second that, Maya. Masks. I I was actually thinking over the weekend, I'm like, I wonder how this next generation of kids is going to look with no sun damage because they've been wearing masks for so long.
2: Oh my gosh, you're right.
0: Yeah, they're going to look beautiful. Their skin's going to have no sun damage.
2: They're going to age. They're going to be ageless. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Tyne says, when I got married years ago, I didn't want a bouquet, so I bought a fancy parasol instead. I've started to use it on regular walks when the sun is too hot for even the highest SPF to protect my nearly transparent white skin. It actually feels a bit cooler under there, too.
0: Oh, I love the Mm -hmm. parasol against the sun. When Mm -hmm. I lived in India years and years and years ago, a long time ago, we all carried parasols. Right.
2: When I lived in Japan for a bit, that was like a big way to protect against the sun in the summer. Yeah. It was great.
0: I loved my parasol. Also, uh, when I lived in India, it was monsoon season. I was there at just the right four months. So when it wasn't raining down UV rays like 110 degrees. It was raining down actual rain. So mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. umbrellas were great. Loved
2: it. I feel like that would work very well in the springtime here in New York when we get those sort of rolling storms.
0: Yes. And I'm all about pretty umbrellas. Oh my God. Dean got me one very recently that has a pattern designed by a New Zealand artist. It's floral. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's got birds on it. Yeah. Have a have a pretty umbrella. Carry it around. I love that. I have idea. a
2: leopard print one that my mom recently stole.
0: <gasps> oh my gosh, does it Match Candice.
2: Oh, my gosh. It's a different—they're, they're con- like—they are not the same kind of print, but, like, honestly, if I wore them together, they'd work.
0: Nice. You you need to do that, Jalanta. Sport that look. Sport mm-hmm, that
2: mm-hmm, look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Alicia says, it might sound dorky, but I bring a sheet with me to the beach and lay under it to nap. I like the sound of the waves, but the sun—oy— I also use sensitive skin formula sunscreen and hats, especially when hiking. Mm, yeah. Ah, so you bring a sheet instead of just, like, fashioning a layer of whatever clothes people have left around you, over (laughs) you, which is what I often (laughs) do.
0: But some of you are more worried about the sun than sunscreen.
2: Jessica says, we know the sun will give us skin cancer. We wonder and suspect if sunscreen will. I'll take my chances and deal with the chemicals in my sunscreen.
0: I will too, except when I am swimming in coral reefs and other areas with endangered uh, species and animals. Um, And I think most coral reefs nowadays actually do have signs saying no sunscreen allowed because chemical sunscreens do tend to kill the coral reefs. But yeah, for my own body, mm, I'm going to, I think, use a mix between
2: the two going forward. Yeah, that's a good call.
0: Now, a few of you had this question you wanted to ask Lenta. Sarah Jane says, I just finished listening to the Honest Life episode, and I have to say I'm a bit confused by your verdict, Lenta. You say that doctors and your own research have shown you that a lot of what Jessica Alba advises is true, but you wouldn't believe it just from the book. Is there a reason? Is Jessica Alba's writing style really childish or something? Or is it because we know her as a pretty actress? Can you please explain, Jolenta?
2: I would say uh, mainly my my initial thought is because the book doesn't give that many um, resources as to where she got the information. And I'm fine with someone, like, collecting and curating information and presenting it to me. But I want to know, like, the source material. And I, you know— in reading, like, medical research and talking to my doctors, like, have found a lot of her advice does work for me. Um, but I would say the way she lays it out is often just like, "look, chemicals, right? Like, my friend is a doctor says, like, avoid the ones you can. And, like, that's, it's it's very vague. And, you know, I know we give a hard time to people who overwrite their books with, like, too much supporting evidence, but this one had not enough for me. And I would say that is why when you're talking about ingredients and chemicals, it helps to get like a hint more specific for Mm. me to trust you.
0: So even though she was saying a lot of the same things your doctors have told you, you trust your doctors because you know that they've done their research.
2: Mm -hmm. And I know like if I can say why, they can be like, well, if you see in these like studies that like really interest me, like- this thing keeps coming up more and more. Where Jessica Alba, like when the book, like when she goes into a why, it's more just like, I heard this. Or like my research did that, and it's like I need a hint more than my research, especially because you're coming to me from a non-research background. And as someone who went to the same school as this pretty actress, I can say, <laughs> I know her background is not in chemical research. And, you know, I guess I'm not giving her any harder time than I would give myself. So, or like someone I went to acting school with. And I would be like, Where, can I have a few more sources? <laughs> Maybe I'm being a bitch. I don't know.
0: I don't think you're being a bitch. I do think that there is a risk taking scientific advice from an actress. And unless right. the actress or actor, for that matter, is Ken Jeong, who was already a doctor first.
2: Right. Or if they're going into medicine now, I'd be like, did you hear that in your, in your class? Yes. <laughs> in your class about medic- medicine? <laughs> I'm digging myself into more and more of a hole probably. So can we take another break, Kristen? Yes.
0: Let's take another break. And when we come back, we'll talk about frankfurters wrapped in dough and of course we'll announce next week's book
1: summer the best time of year usually doesn't come with a great deal soaring temperatures come with soaring prices but what if there's another way with ikea your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable here everyone can have lounge chair access no reservations needed from affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget.
0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy
1: gem of a detour.
2: All right, we are back. And a lot of you wrote in with thoughts on the delicacy that Dean made while revolting against his all-vegetable, all-local, all-organic, honest-life meal plan. Uh, Dean called them wiener roll-ups, if you would recall, in, in Kristen's audio diary. Most of us, myself included, had never heard that term. We put up a survey <laughs> to ask all of you what you would call a hot dog wrapped in some type of crescent dough, perhaps a Pillsbury crescent dough. <laughs> Here were some of the contenders. Crescent dogs. Sausage rolls. Collage. Puffy dogs. Moses in a blanket. Sausage in a dressing.
0: And mummy dogs.
2: But... Of the nearly 1,000 respondents, over 80% said they called this delicacy pigs in a blanket. I mean, come on. No. Mummy dogs? What is this? Halloween year round? (laughs) I'm sorry to whoever has grown up with mummy dogs. I'm probably just jealous.
0: And you know what? I understand why people call it pigs in a blanket, but I guess I have an aversion to that partly because... For the same reason when I walk by a restaurant and the animal that I'm supposed to be eating is dressed in a cute costume. So like there's this chicken restaurant in our neighborhood, and it's this picture of a chicken wearing a cute chef's hat and it's mm. holding a skillet. And I'm like, You're so cute. I don't want to think you about don't You Don't want to be reminded
2: of the, the full animal.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to picture babe in a blanket. Right. You know? So maybe weenie roll ups or I don't know. I I I'm eating vegetarian ones for that matter. Right. There <laughs> we, we usually, go. We usually use vegetarian weenies in our house. So I don't know. Maybe it's a moot point. Maybe I'm overthinking it.
2: I think you're overthinking it. But I feel like we also didn't get to the part where only 2% of the people who voted said weenie roll-ups is what they called them. So Dean, I'm going to start calling him Deenie Roll-up. Ow!
0: <laughs> Hats off, by the way, to those 2% because— they were also Minnesotans, and that's what they called them on our school lunch menu whenever they Ooh, serve them. I'll
2: have to ask my mom what she calls them, and I'll report back at a later date.
0: Oh, yes, yes, because your mom's a Minnesotan as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be curious. I'll Suzanne, she back got, me up. She
2: got served some similar lunches to you. <laughs>
0: yes, I'm guessing.
2: Uh, huge thank you to everyone who wrote in. Everyone who shared their thoughts on Facebook, reminder to those of you who want to call in but forgot, you can leave us a voicemail at 30249-BOOKS. That's 3024926657. And if you want to hop onto our Facebook community and you're not already there, you can find it at facebook.com slash groups slash btbpod.
0: And now, Jolenta, it's that time. It's the time when we announce next week's book.
2: And our next book is... How to Be a Bad Bitch by Amber Rose. What if I want to be a good bitch? Will this book be offensive to female dogs? I love female dogs. I love them. Listen next week to hear more.
0: And that's it for this mini episode of By the Book. Huge thanks to our amazing production team at Stitcher, Daisy Rosario, Brandon Nix, Corinne Wallace, and this week, Marcus Hom. Thanks also to Nate Weida who composed our theme song and to the Rizzos who perform it.
2: Please stay in touch. Keep the convo going on The Honest Life on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash pod. You can hit us up via email at Gelenta at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can also find us on Twitter at By the Book Pod at Galenta G and at Kristen Meinzer.
0: And if you have not yet done so already, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Give us five stars. It fills our hearts with love, and it helps other people to find the show. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show.
2: Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thank you for listening. Bye bye,
1: Stitcher.
0: Life is a highway.